Hornet Heaven. Series 9, Episode 3, Home for Christmas. Written by Ollie Wickham, read by Colin Mace. Earth Season 2018-19. In the main part of Hatter Heaven on Christmas afternoon, McBain was getting drenched. He was standing on the pavement on Oak Road, outside number 95, a cramped terraced house halfway between the two away fans' entrances to Luton's ground. So far, McBain reckoned, the Bedfordshire afterlife didn't seem much of a paradise. he discovered that whenever deceased Luton fans wanted to go to a game, they had to shuffle through the grubby living room and unmodernised kitchen of number 95, step through the weeds in the overgrown garden and pass through a small shed that housed an outside toilet. What's more, there was no eternal sunshine in Hatter Heaven. It was permanently pissing down. On the pavement, McBain saw a tubby, middle-aged man coming towards him. The man was wearing what looked like thoroughly appropriate clothing, to judge from what McBain had seen of Hatter Heaven so far. He was in shabby prison overalls. McBain stopped the man and said, Take me to your leader. I? What? Who are you? I'm new round here, and I've brought something with me. Something that'll totally transform this place for the better. I need to meet the man in charge. The man in the shabby prison overalls nodded, and led McBain down Oak Road to a gap in the terrace between numbers 75 and 77. It was an alleyway, that ran behind the executive boxes on the site of the old bobber's stand. The two men turned into the alleyway. A cold, bitter wind drove the rain horizontally into their faces. Up ahead, halfway along the alley, McBain saw what looked like a refugee camp. A couple of tarpaulins propped up to try and provide some kind of shelter. When they got there, he realised this was their destination. This was where the leader of Hatter Heaven spent his time. The place desperately needed an upgrade. Briefly, McBain pictured the comfortable semicircular booth in the swanky gallery restaurant at Vicarage Road where the leader of Hornet Heaven, Henry Grover, spent his time. McBain allowed himself a smile. Hatter Heaven might be the arse end of the celestial world right now, but it wouldn't be this way for long. When he plugged the fuel from Hornet Heaven into Hatter Heaven's plumbing, there'd be no more tarpaulins in alleys. In the bright warm sunshine of Occupation Road, Bill Mainwood and Derek Garston were on a mission to stop McBain diverting the fuel. They'd formed a tug-of-war team of two, and were pulling at the yellow hosepipe that was trailing through the ancient turnstile. He must have secured it at the far end. Ready, my boy? One, two, three. One, two, three. They both pulled, 
with all their might. Crikey, sir. We must look like Spurs defenders, sir. Trying to stop Troy Deeney at a corner, sir. Bill and Derek gave it their all, but they couldn't haul in the hose. They stopped tugging. Bill said, Right. New plan, my boy. We need to go through the turnstile to bring McBain and the hosepipe back. He'll have gone to one of the historic Christmas derbies where we've overlapped with Hatter Heaven, which begs the question, which year's festive game was it? I reckon it was either 1986, 1982, 1979 or 1964, sir. Very well. I guess we'll just have to resort to trial and error. Or it might have been 1943, sir, 1942, 1940 or 1924, sir. Oh, dear. I'd forgotten there were so many. Don't forget, there were two matches against our no-good neighbours at each of those Christmases, sir. Well, that's still just about manageable. Come on, we'll... Or it could have been 1911, 1910, sir, 1908, 1907, 1906, 1905 or 1904, sir. All finished, Derek? Yes, sir. Right. So to find McBain, we may have to go to something like 20 matches against the Bedfordshire bottom feeders. Yes, sir. Gold. What a merry Christmas this is turning out to be. In the alley behind the bobber's stand, executive boxes under a tarpaulin, McBain was brought face to face with the head honcho of Hatter Heaven. The leader of the Luton afterlife stared at McBain's thick glasses, bulbous drinker's nose and puffy cheeks. He said, I never forget a pretty face. Who are you again? Eric Morecambe, in his drenched beige raincoat, looked extremely chuffed with his joke. He turned to his right-hand man for appreciation, but Joe Payne, a former player who scored ten goals in a single match for the Hatters in 1936, ignored his boss. Payne said to McBain, Neil McBain, ain't it? Managed us for a season just after I left the club. 1938-39. Eric Morecambe was staring at McBain again. He said, You said that without moving your lips. Joe Payne continued, You did a good job with us, McBain. Only five points short of getting us promoted to the top division for the first time in our history. McBain smiled at the kind of appreciation he'd never received in Hornet Heaven. It made him feel welcome. Aye, I loved being here. My days at Luton were my happiest in football. Eric said, I don't really like football. I only watch it for kicks. Way! Not now, Eric. But listen, McBain, I'm glad you love the beautiful Hatties, but I ain't seen you here before. Where you been? Oh, it's been terrible. I've been trapped in the wrong heaven since 1974, but I'm finally home. Home for Christmas. 
Wait. Which heaven? Not that tin pot bunch of foreigners from down the road who've cheated their way into the Premier League. Oh, you mean Watford? God, no. I was... McBain could tell from Joe Payne's reaction that Luton fans would be suspicious of him if he admitted he'd spent the last 44 years in Hornet Heaven. But he hadn't got a story ready about where he'd been. He pretended to have a mild coughing fit to give himself time to make something up. I was at a... Ooh! <coughs> Arsenal! No, not Arsenal. I, I was... Uh, it was... Uh, uh, Air United in Scotland. <coughs> I played for them back in the day. Is that right? What's their heaven called then? Um, I. Airy Fairy. Football heaven. Terrible name. Embarrassing. But none of that matters anymore because the Air United heaven collided with Watford's heaven today, so I went there and had a look around. Then I discovered Watford's heaven had collided with this one, the one that should always have been my eternal spiritual home. So I'm here, and I love this place already. There's no doubt about it. My heart belongs to Luton. Joe Payne liked what he was hearing. He nodded, satisfied. Eric Morecambe liked what he was hearing too. He shifted McBain's glasses, skew whiff, patted his hands on McBain's shoulders and brought them up to slap McBain on both cheeks. Why, hey! McBain grinned. He'd won their acceptance. He said, Ah, thank you. And to prove my love for the adorable Hatters, I've brought a special gift. Come with me. In the main part of Hornet Heaven, after a dozen fruitless trips to other Christmas derbies, Bill and Derek walked down Occupation Road with programmes for the Boxing Day 1908 fixture at Kenilworth Road. Bill, always the quiet voice of reason, said, You know, my boy, I've been thinking, maybe we should be doing the good King Wenceslas thing after all, and let Luton have our excess fuel. They've had it tough in recent years, we could give them what we're not using as an act of seasonal goodwill. Charity. At Christmas. Derek, always the shrill voice of local rivalry, said, Are you totally off your head, sir? Bill and Derek went through the turnstile. On the other side, they immediately saw the hosepipe extension tied to some railings. Look, sir! At last. Bill untied the hose. Derek stayed inside the stadium while Bill took the hose back through the turnstile, where it belonged, out of harm's way. Bill came back through the turnstile straight away. Right, now we need to find McBain and get him back to Hornet Heaven proper. They set off and went round in front of the main stand in search of the man who'd managed both teams. In the paddock, Derek found himself distracted by the look and feel of the stadium. 1908 was the year he'd been born, and he couldn't help feeling nostalgic about the architecture and ambience of football grounds back when he was a young boy on earth in the early part of the 20th century. The wooden stand was neat and handsome, with the balcony on the roof 
providing an attractive flourish, and the picket fence had a quaint charm. After a few moments, though, he remembered where he was. What a shithole, sir! Derek! Language! And look at these Edwardian home fans in the genteel finery of their expensive coats and elegant hats, sir! What a bunch of dirty Bedfordshire scuzzballs, sir! Bill grabbed Derek and hurried him along to look for McBain in another part of the ground. Inside 95 Oak Road, in the main part of Hatter Heaven, McBain was on his way back to the 1908 game with Joe Payne and Eric Morecambe in tow. McBain had just informed the others that he had access to a supply of fuel that could power a hugely upgraded version of Hatter Heaven. Joe Payne was in awe at the prospect. Just think, we could have basic shelter from the rain. Ah, you won't need shelter. There'll be eternal sunshine. You need to think bigger than that, Joe. Dare to dream. I do dream. My dream is that Kenilworth Road might one day be fit to host professional football. As the three of them passed through the house, McBain turned his mind to the practicalities of plugging the fuel pipe into Hatter Heaven's plumbing system. He asked Joe where he'd find access to the inflow pipe from the land of the living. Joe took him into the house's unmodernised kitchen and opened the cupboard under the slimy sink. McBain squatted down and peered in. Covered in cobwebs was an ancient pipe with an open end. Joe explained, We haven't had external fuel coming in for years. Luton Town are totally unloved in the land of the living. We decommissioned the pipe ages ago. McBain stood up straight and said, I can fix all that. Wait here. With his programme to the 1908 game in his hand, he stepped out the back door of the kitchen, marched across the weed-infested garden and entered the outside toilet. On the other side, he passed through the stinking outhouse and made his way to the ancient turnstile where he'd left the hosepipe. But the hosepipe wasn't there. What the... Who the... Who's stolen the hose? Furious, he stormed through the ancient turnstile back into Hornet Heaven. A moment later, he stormed back with the hosepipe nozzle in his hand. He muttered, No one, but no one, is going to stop me doing this. But then, he heard a familiar voice. I wouldn't be so sure about that, sir. You disgusting double-crosser, Mr McBain, sir. McBain turned and saw Derek and Bill. He didn't stop. Clutching the fuel hose, he sprinted towards the outhouse. End of episode three. The story concludes in episode four.